Welcome to the Future Female Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Harrop, and it's my mission to help create more female leaders in the workplace. In today's episode, we are going to break down the steps that it takes to move to that next level in your career. When I got introduced to Cecily, I knew she had to be on the podcast and had followed a similar methodology as I did in terms of standing out in the workplace and moving towards getting promoted at work. And she did such a great job of breaking down those different steps that worked for her. Of course, it's different for everyone in the different roles that you're in and the organizations that you work for. So take what you hear from this and recognize what's going to work for you in your workplace What could you maybe do differently to stand out so that you can grow to that next level in your career? But before we get started, I wanted to remind you that I'm still offering complimentary leadership assessment calls and within the link to the leadership assessment booking, you can actually see an option to take a quick quiz of sorts to understand how close you are to being ready for a leadership role. There are different questions that are focused around the topics that I cover in my future leaders program. So it's a really great introduction to see where you're at on the scale in these different areas. So if nothing else, at least take the assessment. And if you'd like some guidance and some clarity on what you can do for next steps to grow in your career, book that leadership assessment call. All right, let's get into today's episode. All right, everyone. I've got Cecily here with me. Cecily, thanks so much for joining the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Absolutely. Me too. So a quick background, Cecily and I met, she actually reached out to me over on LinkedIn with a super kind message just saying, hey, I love what you're doing here locally. We have the Silicon Slopes marketing chapter that I'm involved in, and she acknowledged that and the podcast and our conversation just kind of started from there and seeing how uh, we could connect because we are local here in Salt Lake City, Utah. And I was really excited to get to know her and had an opportunity really quickly to do so at a women's leadership event. And that was a lot of fun to get to chat with her afterward and get to know her a little bit better. And I thought she would be a great guest to bring on to kind of talk through that progression and that growth within her own career and how I think that it will be so valuable to the listeners. Cecily, I'd love for you to introduce yourself, both professionally, personally, whatever you'd like to share with listeners today. Yeah, for sure. So I have a little bit of an interesting career journey. People are usually surprised to learn that I actually have a degree in vocal performance. And so I went to school in Flagstaff, Arizona, at Northern Arizona University. For people who maybe don't know that area, it's kind of by the Grand Canyon, up in the the forests and the mountains. I loved my time there. But yeah, I I spent college singing in off-rounds and singing vocal jazz. And the plan was really to be this local performer after college, teach voice and piano lessons, maybe direct musicals, so that that was the plan, and I did end up doing that for probably six, seven years, and I just got to this point where that life, is, it doesn't feel very stable, as you can imagine, and my husband and I had, had some very uh, aggressive financial goals, and I just wanted to contribute to those in a bigger way, basically. And so I started to think to myself, what can I do to transition into a different career? And I'd had a little bit of like administrative work experience in college. I worked at the Coral office and then I was an executive assistant for my dad who owned his own construction business. So I thought to myself, okay, well, that's where um, 
I have some experience that will get me in the door somewhere, basically. And so I was able to, I think it was like back in 2017, make that switch into an office. And I got hired as an executive assistant at a management consulting firm. And I really loved my time there. I was kind of able to, I had many different roles at that company. I think it was executive assistant, office manager. Then I kind of switched into content marketing manager. Then it was, I even was on the customer success team there, helping them out with create a new department. And so basically kind of ended up more as a marketer. I ended up transitioning out of the executive assistant role fully into the marketing and more customer success role. And from there, I was like, okay, like, let's try the marketing route. And so from there, I got a job at Avalanche Media, which is a full service digital marketing company in Lehigh, Utah. And I wanted to work there because I knew they were a really good company, values driven. I was able to go to a Google event. They're a partner with Google. They're like a premier partner. And so I was really able to see like how their leaders spoke, you know, rubs shoulders with the people who worked there. And that was a really great way uh, to kind of ingratiate myself a little bit before I applied to the job. So I definitely suggest, you know, try to go to some sort of networking event for a company if it's possible to do that before you apply. And so, yeah, I've been there for three years now and I started at basically the lowest project manager role and mm -hmm. worked my way up to a senior project manager and eventually team lead. And so that's kind of my career journey. And on a personal note, I have a Pomeranian, Evie. I love Pomeranians. <laughs> I married my husband's name is Jacob. We are kind of nerdy. We love playing video games together and we love Japan. We try to travel there as much as we can. So if anyone has questions about Japan, definitely reach out to me. I can help you out with your travel itinerary. And most recently, I have decided to learn how to play golf. And so today I'll be going to my first golf lesson. And other than that, I'm just looking forward to getting more into the community via, you know, the Silicon Slopes, Women in Leadership chapter, um, and just trying to connect more with other women in our community who want to be leaders or who are leaders to learn from women who are already doing it, obviously. And also, if I can be a mentor to others, that's something I'm very interested in. I think that's why we've kind of found kindred spirits in each other. So anyways, that's a little bit about me. Amazing. So great to hear all of that about you and love to hear all of the personal side details as well. Definitely. Yeah. A great way to find connection in others is those commonalities. Well, I am really looking forward to our conversation today because I think a lot of people who tune into this podcast specifically, of course, is I, I have the drive, I have the grit, I have the motivation and desire. I want to move into a leadership role and I'm not quite sure how to exactly do that. And I know for me, when I was first starting to try to figure out what that growth would look like, it definitely was not a clear picture as to here's how you get from A to Z, aka right. from where I was to that leadership position. It was very much a scattered puzzle with missing pieces and trying to piece that all together can feel really lonely and confusing and maybe make you second guess yourself. So I'd love to first jump into what made you excited or confident in wanting to grow into a leadership type role at your current organization? Yeah, so I think what has made me confident in pursuing leadership just in general is just being in tune with my own personality and just who I am. And I just feel like I was always 
that kid who was like wanting to lead the group and, you know, group projects. I was definitely the one just kind of instinctually knowing how to get people together, get them on the same page, outline what we need to do, and then kind of just make it happen. And so I've just always been that way. And I feel like that's kind of just where the confidence comes from. As far as though my current company, I definitely feel like the environment was a part of me feeling like, oh, like I could become a team lead. And my company is very nurturing. One of their values is launch people. So I think our tagline is launch people, brands, and purposes, right? And so they are, it's just ingrained in that culture to care about everybody's goals and visions for themselves. And that stems really from the owners, you know, and that just trickles down, obviously. So I definitely feel like I've had that support of my leaders all the way to the top. Uh, I would just take little steps and little steps and kind of be like, okay, is this okay? And I would just get that confirmation from people along the way that yes, yes, keep going, keep keep doing that. Okay, yes, keep doing more. Yeah, I I agree. And I think that that's such a helpful place to start is recognizing the kind of company and the culture and mission values. What is that impact that your company is going to have on clients, customers, the world? It's helpful to kind of recognize, am I in an environment that I can see that growth? There are companies where you're not going to get promoted unless someone moves out of the company or people talk about like older generations where there isn't movement unless someone passes away, for example. Right. So it's helpful to take in and recognize, am I in that environment for growth? And it sounds like you joined a company that is nurturing. I loved hearing that word. It's such a powerful word to help everyone at every different level. And now you're seeing that growth opportunity and having that desire to continue moving upwards. Right. Well, what were some of the first steps that you took specifically, Cecily, to stand out amongst your peers? Yes, I think at every job, I have tried to learn my primary responsibilities just really quickly. And I think that always helps me stand out because people are sometimes surprised, like, wow, you you really came in and you learned everything so quickly. We're already ready to give you more, right? People just start to see how competent you are. And then, yeah, they're just willing to start giving you additional responsibilities so that you can further kind of prove yourself. And then with that, I feel like people start to value you more because you've exceeded their expectations. You've come in, you're doing an incredible job in the role, and now you're just surprising them with more. And then they kind of start to get excited about you as a employee or coworker, right? And they want to find new opportunities for you just to see how far you'll go. And of course, I, again, coming from a very nurturing environment, I think I enjoyed all of that. And maybe some people might say, you know, oh, like that would be really nice if, if people at my company, you know, recognize all these things and were eager to give me more to do. So I definitely know that that may not be the environment every time. But in general, I still think you will go much further more quickly if you can still just show that you're very good at your role as fast as you can. Another thing that I would suggest that people do is get to know their colleagues as early as possible. And I've been in in both situations where I have waited and I'm like, oh, it will naturally happen. You know, I, I'm not a person who is calculating at all. Like I, I love for things to just happen naturally and or organically. So it's not always easy for me to, I guess, and I know you and I have talked about how we're not big fans of like manipulating people or, you know, 
acting in that way. And so, but we have talked about that there is something to be said for strategy, right? Mm -hmm. And so as far as like getting to know people, I think, you know, people want to work with people that they know and they like. And so getting to know people just makes that happen, right? And when people know you better, they're more likely to talk to you. They'll give you information that you might need. You can start learning about their pain points and what they're experiencing, maybe in their role or just, you know, at work. And then when you know people's pain points, that's when you can start kind of being that solution giver. And obviously people um, really like that because it shows that you care about them. And not everybody takes the time to do that. So I feel like that has really helped me stand out in that way because I really do try to take the time to listen to people, right? And so once you're to that point where you understand people's pain points and you maybe are bringing them solutions or helping them come to their own conclusions on a solution, then you can start, you know, presenting those to your team and start executing on them. And I feel like you can just gain your team's respect for basically being a problem solver. You establish yourself as being proactive, assertive, collaborative, all those good things. Um, and all of these traits you would have exhibited really help people around you start to see you as a leader, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Another one is I feel like I've understood my strengths pretty well. And so that's helped me find opportunities that I should go after. And so, as I mentioned before, I worked at a management consulting firm and, you know, at month six, I was already kind of bored, honestly. And I, I knew I needed to find more work to do within the company. And so I just kind of was looking around, talking to people and I noticed that my company was not active on social media. And this was, again, back in 2017. And I already knew then that, like, companies need to be active on social media to sh basically show that they're a legitimate company at this point. You know, people, when they're looking for jobs, they want to interact with them on social. They want to see who they are. They want to see who the people are. So I knew this was going to be really important for their business. And I could tell that the marketing team wasn't super into social like they were they would much rather focus on other parts of of marketing for the business and so I had been pretty active on social and I was just like hey how would you guys feel about me taking over social media I want to completely rebrand it because it had no branding it was just random company pictures you know mm -hmm. and and so they were like, sure, we don't like doing this, so go for it, <laughs> you know? So I did that, and I, I learned a lot by doing that and just showed them that I would take initiative, that I could follow through and be consistent. And I, and I was consistent in posting, creating copy, and graphics. You know, that was when Canva first came on the scene, and I was really excited about that because I'm like, oh, I'm not a designer, <laughs> but... I can kind of fake it. And, you know, I think that's another good point there is you don't have to be perfect at the things that you're trying to take an opportunity on. You just have to do it good enough or a little bit better than how it's being done to, you know, kind of prove yourself. Mm -hmm. So my biggest advice would be for people to find those opportunities where they can just do something a little bit better. Don't let the perfect, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress. Yes, such good points. I think you covered recognizing to do your current job really well. That's kind of the foundation. I've definitely seen people come into, you know, my team when I was managing teams and they quickly wanted to jump to the next thing. And I thought, whoa, 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 let's make sure that you understand the, the current foundation of the role that you're in. Let's make sure that you're practicing it. You're doing the things. You're able to do them well. It doesn't mean you have to be the best performer. It just means that you have to be making the effort to understand that current role. And a step up from that, of course, is if you're excelling in that role before you're starting to take on those additional tasks. So 
I think you mentioned maybe around that like six month mark, which is totally normal for someone who is kind of that higher achiever where you learn things pretty quickly within an organization and you're thinking, okay, I'm ready for more. What else can I do? So depending on how big or small your organization is, sometimes you get a little more scrappy. Sometimes there's more direct things that you can get involved in in having those conversations. Uh, I also love what you said about building relationships and how, yeah, there is a little bit of strategy behind that at the baseline. It's helpful to know who you work with because that makes work a lot more enjoyable. And I think so many companies are missing out on some basic connection because so many people work remotely now. And even when we're in person, there's still, yeah, you're more, you're together physically. So there's that aspect of connection. But what additionally are you doing to start to get to know those people? So I think that that's great. I was the same where I would recognize what are people's unique strengths that are my weaknesses so that I could lean on them for those things. I also use that as an opportunity, let's say in a meeting where my leader was bringing something up and I could be like, oh, actually, Cecily and I you know, were chatting and she mentioned like she loves that kind of stuff. And kind of help volunteer you a little bit to what I feel might be in your comfort zone. Maybe I know that that's okay. Maybe I know that it it isn't, so then I wouldn't. But being able to help volunteer you and that lifts you up, that helps lift me up because I'm recognizing that I'm creating more connections because of what I've done in terms of effort to build relationships. And at that foundation, at the core, if you're building those relationships to not just help yourself, but to help others is the key because we've all worked with the people who only want to talk to us to get those key tidbits to know, oh, this is how I can use that person or this is how I can utilize maybe as a better word for them, but still in in a poor way where, you know, we feel like we're pawns or we're those stepping stones for them or they only use us when they need us kind of thing. So again, it comes back to that core of who you are and why you're building those relationships is to lift everyone, not just yourself. Right. And I love, yeah, again, adding on to the relationships, those unique strengths to find those opportunities. That's exactly what I did when I was first getting promoted at my, at the place that I was working was I found certain areas that other people weren't as great at that I felt more comfortable in and found ways to volunteer myself. And this is a great space where you could talk with your leader or other team members and say, talk through what could this look like if I were to try to, you know, help out in a bigger way. If you're not quite sure, it's getting that uh, buy-in from the people that you're working with directly. So Great thoughts. Anything else you want to add there? No, I love that you took this all a step further in talking about connection because working at my previous company, they provided employee engagement surveys. And so they have, you know, 20 plus years of employee engagement data. And they found that connection is a driver, you know, of employee engagement whether that's, you know, being engaged at work, but even just being engaged in your in your life. And so I I love that you just brought up that key driver of employee engagement, which is connection. Yeah. And I think that I, I was going through some like past jobs in my head as you were talking about that. And I was thinking of, you know, my first job was at McDonald's and was McDonald's like the bee's knees. I mean, kind of back then. But <laughs> I I loved the job because I loved the people I worked with. I worked with some of my best guy friends and we always, anytime I think back to working there, I always think of the fond memories of us just kind of giving around, having fun while we got work done. And I've seen that before at other workplaces as well, where there are people who maybe you work in a boring environment, but it's the people that can help make it more fun. And when you're working remote and you don't have that connection, it feels really isolating, right? That's why we're still seeing suicide rates skyrocket, even though we have more flexibility from working from home, which is what many of us enjoy. 
we're now lacking some of that connection. And I think if more companies, you know, there's a platform called Donut, for example, and you can integrate it into Slack. And it's a way that prompts people to have meetings, which I literally thought was eating a donut together. But that's just the name of the platform. Yeah. And I'm sure there are many others out there. Or simply take action and do something small to reach out and connect with other people who you maybe don't talk with as often. Maybe you talk with your direct team, but how do you expand into some people in other departments where you might not even know anyone other than what their name is and you've seen what department they're in? Let's start reaching out to those people in small steps and see how that makes you either enjoy the work that you're doing more or even feeling more deeply connected within the work that you actually do. People weren't meant to isolate, right? The the whole point of, you know, someone going to jail and being put in isolation, that's like the worst thing yeah. that you could be put through because you're you're lonely, you're taken away from so many things. And that is what I see in some people, obviously not so intense but there is that lack of connection so yeah connection is huge and many companies aren't doing simple things to step into that a little bit further right you definitely need leaders who are going to foster that i think Mm -hmm. yeah you're right it starts with leaders to make the effort i was having a conversation with a gal gosh maybe like a month or so ago she's a leader in a team that Some people work remote in all different places in the world. Some people do a hybrid schedule and some people work fully on site based on their preferences and location, of course. But she was mentioning the struggle of finding ways to connect with everyone in terms of a broader sense of maybe like a little meeting. And so I gave such simple suggestions. I said, hey, for those people who are in office, Maybe have a higher leader, uh, maybe someone in a senior level or the C-suite, take five employees who are in office one day out to lunch or out to grab a soda or a coffee or whatever, a pastry, you know, just something that where there's no agenda, it's simply, hey, let's get together. And maybe they have some prompts so that it's not totally awkward silence. But they can kind of start some conversation and get to know the team a little better. That builds that connection. Of course, that would feel really awkward if you did that meeting at lunch and you also had some people virtually on that with you. So it's knowing your audience. And I said, for the virtual people, especially the ones who are outside of the country, like, again, grab another person who's in a higher leadership role so that it starts from the top. And get some people together for a quick 15-minute meeting where maybe you all talk about one of your favorite travel places to go. And people light up. Like, right, when you talked about Japan, you were talking about, hey, come talk to me and I'll share itinerary ideas. I can give you tips and tricks and different things that we've learned over the years. That's a great way to find connection. So when I told her that, she was like, oh, we've never done something like that. And I get it's that so it's so simple. <laughs> yeah, it's like we think we have to solve, you know, world hunger in order to make a difference when it is really simple things, especially at the top. It's a handwritten note at Christmas or, you know, whatever holiday instead of just sending, you know, some electronic thing. People are going to care so much more about the note than maybe the physical gift in a lot of ways. So it's it's bringing it back to very simple things that like foster that connection. Agreed. Well, what would you say? Uh, I'm sure it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows as you've been working toward, you know, not only expanding your growth where you are, are at and where you've grown at, actually up the corporate ladder. Was there anything that was tough to navigate as you were working your way up? For sure. Because not everybody has the same goal as you, so or or they don't think the same way as you. And so I definitely 
feel like I was introduced more to like office politics at my first office job. And it's fascinating when you think about office politics and, and what what is behind them. So I kind of enjoy trying to figure them out and operate around them. But I, I didn't always feel that way. I used to just think, oh, these office politics, they're in my way. Like, I just want to achieve, achieve, achieve. And these things are in my way. And I kind of didn't want to play the game, quite honestly, at first. And I did have a coworker who I actually called him the politician. <laughs> and I don't know if he was offended by that. He was always good natured about it. But I just recognized he was just very good at handling people, you know? And so I actually, although I kind of teased him, I actually watched him a lot. And I watched how he would say things and interact with people. So, you know, as you're getting to know people and, and trying to create opportunities for yourself, you probably are going to find yourself in what I like to call just little tangles, you know? <laughs> and so I had my first tangle I would say at, at that job. And so I was supporting the executive team, obviously at the time as the executive assistant, you know, executives tend to feel like their ideas, uh, not that they're the best ideas, like, oh, my idea is the best idea because I'm an executive, but they tend to maybe weight their ideas sometimes more um, than others. And so I, I did run into a situation where I remember starting to work on an initiative for an executive and I was, I was excited, right? I'm like, oh, I'm ready to prove myself. But the marketing director and the VP of marketing, they like pulled me aside both separately and they were, they were super kind to me, but they, they were kind of like, why are you being asked to do this? Why are you working on this particular task? And they were just, you know, surprised that I had been asked to do this, especially with like, without their input, you know? And so I recognized that like this executive had maybe overstepped a little and they actually needed to get the marketing team's buy-in on what they wanted to achieve. And so that was really my, my first introduction to office politics. And I'm glad it was you know, kind of a, like I said, they were very kind to me, but I definitely learned that I have to talk to the right people. I have to learn how to navigate. Like when an executive wants me to champion an initiative for them, mm -hmm. I have to be very careful about leading through that, getting people's buy-in, helping people understand that executive's goal and, and why they're wanting to do what they want to do. And I could have, I could have done the opposite. I could have been scared by that situation. I could have been like, oh dear, like, I don't want to, you know, upset anybody. Something I hear a lot is I don't want to step on anybody's toes, you know? And I try to be mindful about stepping on people's toes, but I'm not like letting that be my number one driver of like what I do or what I don't do. And so I still learn to like assert myself into situations, but again, just try to be mindful of the office politics. So my final point on this here is basically I've seen people let office politics hold them back from opportunity. And for people who want to be leaders, I feel like you have to have, you know, a backbone essentially. And you while, you know, I've had people caution me, for instance, on like talking to certain people or try to stop me from saying certain things that I really truly felt like needed to be said, you know? And so while I always try to consider what those people have to say to me, especially when they maybe have more experience than me or tenure at the company, of course, I'm going to listen and I value their opinions, but I feel like I also have to listen to my gut. And I feel like for the most part, me opting to be bold in most situations or assertive has led to more growth for me and recognition than kind of playing it safe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I've managed a team for the past year 
And I, I definitely see this and I'm always like trying to root for my team and encourage them like, hey, like that's all well and good, but just be bold, like just go for it. So yeah, that would be my final advice to people. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing and including kind of a specific example to give people that ability to paint a picture and what could be also in their workplace. And I I love how you said everything about that and, you know, heeding certain advice, but also recognizing and I again, more more points as to where I think things can improve is entry-level people and people who are looking to grow within their careers, or if you simply love where you're working and you want things to be a little bit different or better, it's okay to coach your own leaders. And I feel like there's a lot of that missing where we're only letting top-down feedback instead of pushing back and saying, Right. If someone came to me and said, oh, I don't know, if I, I wouldn't recommend talking to such and such leader. You're still really new here. I would say, hey, manager, thank you so much for letting me know. I, I appreciate and I trust that this is because you're trying to look out for me. What would be helpful for me is if you helped me find a way to get to that connection with that manager or leader or whomever it is, because if they believe that you have value to provide, why wouldn't they want you stepping out? There right. could certainly be some variation of, you know, I've had team members who get really excited and they think, oh, I have this new initiative that I want to pitch to such and such leader. And I'm like, okay, great. I love that you want to do that. What have you prepared so far? And they say, well, nothing. I, I just wanted to talk through it. Okay, well, let's talk through it. And then let's maybe outline a few things and really kind of tie it up a little bit more pretty and then let's go present it. Let's make sure that we are kind of doing everything in our power and then present ourselves in the best way possible so that that leader is helping to make those connections and isn't kind of sinking further into those potential office politics of, Right. You know, things that get a little bit sticky. And I love that you say like little tangles yeah. uh, that can turn into some bigger tangles. I've definitely been in quite a few in my uh, career, whether I was entry level or in leadership positions. So proof that you can get through those, sometimes more difficult than others. But we all make mistakes and we're all learning. So figuring out, okay, that didn't work out. Let me figure out another way that might work out better for me to be able to continue to elevate myself. And in that first career that I had where I was getting uh, promoted into my first leadership role, I guess it wasn't my first career. Like it was the career that helped me progress into that first leadership role. There were so many office politics and I kind of thought that was normal. I really hadn't worked for a big organization. I'd worked for several different companies and kind of kept in my own little area. But when I started seeing opportunities for growth, I was opening up my eyes a little wider and recognized, wow, there's a lot of stuff going on here where, you know, I can't bring up ideas in meetings because all of these reasons are told to me why we can't do these certain things that would be beneficial or just different roadblocks. I felt like that other people were putting in front of me and other team members who wanted to grow. And it wasn't until after I left that organization that I saw how much, like, how terrible it actually was. And so, again, recognizing what your situation is like as you're trying to promote, it does not have to be so difficult. And if it is, how do we have better conversations with our leaders? How do we figure out all these different ways? And if not, it's okay to have that pivot in another direction. Yeah, I love that, especially when you said, you know, if your leader is trying to help you, but maybe they're afraid and you can almost be that courage and strength to them and, and talk them through it. And I, I can imagine they, they might gain more respect for you. you know, the fact that you've maybe now persuaded them and like, oh, like maybe it's maybe it is OK to go talk to so and so about this thing. And yeah, maybe they recognize, wow, like. They, they were able to kind of influence me. And I think being able to influence people 
is is a, obviously a very big part of leadership. So as you are progressing and growing into this, you know, growing into these next steps in your career, how were you able to make yourself visible to the leadership team, maybe outside of simply checking in with your direct leader? Yeah, so I made a goal early on to really try to get to know, you know, I have three owners at our our company that I've tried to get to know and that there's four more VPs under them. And one of the VPs became my manager. So I obviously know her very well, but I definitely needed to figure out a way to start interfacing with the others. And my normal role and routine didn't always put me in their path, right? So I did things like just little get to know yous, like, hey, I just want to talk to you more. And so I I did that more like at the very beginning, right? People are like very accepting of that because they want to get to know you too. Another way to try to get to know them is asking them for mentoring sessions. So an example would be our VP of operations. I am in project management and I obviously have this very process driven personality, which you know, could lend itself very well to operations. So I just said, hey, can we go to lunch? And I want to hear about how you've grown into this operations role, you know? And so that was a really fun way to get to know him better. And it it helped him understand what my goals were. It helped me understand where he's come from and what his goals are. And so I, and I've done that with almost all of the executives at this point in some way. And I think they've really enjoyed it themselves as well. And and they kind of feel like, oh, wow, somebody wants to, you know, actually know how I've gone to where I, I am. And, and it makes them feel good, you know, that they can pass on their knowledge. I've also tried to get to know people by, like, identify problems that they're trying to solve for. So, hey, like, I know I would just go to them and be like, hey, I know this thing is bothering you or this is an issue. Can we brainstorm some solutions? I have some. And I find that people are, again, pretty aghast when I do this because it's just, it's not super normal for people to do that. So again, it's like another way to just kind of make yourself stand out. And then also asking those type of people for feedback, asking other leaders for feedback, you know, not just your manager. And by doing that, I've learned how to better manage people and and work better with people. Another example, I at one time, I'm I'm very direct. And so sometimes that communication style doesn't always work with people that you're either managing or working with on projects. And sometimes it can rub them the wrong way. And I remember, you know, I could tell that I had rubbed somebody the wrong way. So I actually went to one of their managers and I just said, hey, can you help me? I want an outside opinion on this situation. Can you help me understand how you work with team members in maybe a similar situation? They they helped me understand that not everything is critical. And I tend to kind of treat everything when I feedback, when I give feedback is critical because everything matters to me, you know? And it was just like really valuable advice. And I think they appreciated that even though I maybe had a misstep with this team member that they knew I am self-aware enough to like recognize when it happens and I'm totally willing to go and and get feedback on it and have somebody coach me on approaching it better the next time and so another one would be providing company trainings this can help you stand out and allows leaders to see how you think and present ideas I also try to talk to, I try to talk to our owners and show interest in their life. I was even called out by one at a company meeting and this like really shocked me, but he called me out and was like, you know, like Cecily was in the kitchen and she stopped and like talked to me and, and he basically shared how he felt very seen and valued because like I showed interest in him. And I think we have to sometimes remember that leaders are people too. And 
I think a lot of people will kind of put up a barrier between themselves and leaders because they kind of hold them on a pedestal or they think, oh, they don't want to talk to me, little old me, <laughs> you know. And again, I've just tried to be bold in that way and just assume everyone wants to get to know me and I want to get to know everybody. And so that that's helped too. And like, I feel like getting leaders to kind of notice me, even though that's not my core intention, it's just a byproduct of just truly wanting to get to know them better. So. Yeah. And I... I appreciate what you shared there in terms of so many people kind of are in their own sphere of working. And when I was picturing this as you were talking, it is kind of like you're in this circle and I visualize that as that heads down work where you get to work, you start, you know, typing away or working on different projects and you're, you're thinking about all the things that you need to get done. You might have a million things on your plate and you might feel some burnout. And so that's obviously a different route to head down in terms of conversations with your leader. But what you're saying in terms of making yourself visible is getting out of your direct sphere of working and expanding beyond that, getting a little bit more curious and heading into this kind of unknown for you getting curious and recognizing oh who would I you know want to get to know a little bit better it's again coming back to having a little bit of strategy but coming from good intentions where if you want to grow to that VP team of course it's going to be helpful if you have relationships and building that working relationship with each of those different leaders because we work with the people who are, you know, right next to us so much throughout the day. There's so much communication that's going on. So do you have similar communication styles? Do you do you vibe in the same way? Or are there things that you don't really love or vice versa? And is that going to make a cohesive team moving forward? And if so, amazing. That way, when there's opportunity for growth into that team, you could be one of the top people on their list versus what I see so much of is people who are wanting to get to that growth. And they think if I just stay in my sphere doing what I'm supposed to do and expected to do, my leaders will just know. They will just see and they will they will know all of the things that I've accomplished. And that's simply not the case. So it's helpful to go out and communicate those things. Ask the questions. I love that you went to your leader and said, hey, I I had a conversation that I recognize didn't go very well. I'd love to get some advice. That's that's humility. That's vulnerability. That's finding connection, that trust within that person saying, I trust the advice that you're about to give me. And I'm going to take that and see, is that what I would want to do? And do I want to apply that? Would I want that same feedback delivered to me from this person? If they were like, oh, don't even worry about it. That person probably sucks. And I wouldn't even think twice about it. Then you might think, Mm. is this a leadership team I want to promote into or not? Mm -hmm. So it's those kind of checks along the way as well, which I think is so smart to kind of get into that you know, unknown area that's outside of your comfort zone to kind of just, I guess, test the waters because there were positions of growth that I could have moved into in different companies, but I didn't want to because I didn't enjoy the type of work that they were actually doing. I loved being close to my frontline support team members and I didn't want to move farther away from that. So it was helpful for me to get curious Because if I would have promoted into that role, I would have been unhappy with what I was doing. And I would have wanted to either leave or, you know, promote backwards and move back down. Right. Well, this has been so helpful. I'd love to hear maybe some things that you might recommend to others who are looking to start growing within their roles. Yeah, so I kind of touched on the training idea. And I love this advice for people who are wanting to get their feet wet, starting to think about leadership, because there's no better way to 
show people that, you know, number one, you have a brain in your head, <laughs> you know, you can present information while you're engaging than presenting, right? And so this was something that, again, it wasn't like calculated in the beginning, but like recognizing now, like, oh, this is a good strategy, you know? And so honestly, this is what, quote, put me on the map for at least one of the owners. Actually, I think like two of them said that the trainings I gave were the things that helped them start noticing me and seeing me as a leader. And so I started out, I think within the six, first six months of working at Avalanche, I took my knowledge from my previous job of employee engagement. And I was like, hey, this is something that could really benefit um, Avalanche. Even though we have an incredible culture already, I still feel like we could go to the next level and help employees understand the keys of employee engagement so that they can become more engaged in their job and, and just amp the culture up even that much more, right? So I gave that first training. It went really well. And then I think probably, probably another six months later, I felt like I was ready to pitch them again on another training idea. And so I shared an office with uh, a therapist at my previous job. And so I thought, you know, that'd be so great if he came and gave us training on anxiety because working in a marketing agency is pretty stressful. I mean, sometimes we have like 10 to 15 clients at a time and juggling that many clients. And especially if they're very demanding clients, it, I just seen the level of stress just permeating off of people, you know? And so again, I looked around and I saw what could help. Right. And so again, I, I pitched that, um, training and everybody loved it. And again, like the, the owners several times have said how me just taking the time to figure out something that would help the company and then present on it was just so helpful for, for them. Right. Because they can't think of everything. They can't, they don't have time and resources to train on every, every little thing. Right. So I, I'm a big fan of this particular strategy. So another strategy is pretty simple, just showing up and speaking up. I think people underestimate this and especially in this remote or hybrid environment, it's really easy to decide I'm not going to turn my camera on today or I'm just going to kind of be in the background. I'm not going to really say much. And I have talked to executives about this and a lot of them, I mean, they just don't like it, number one, when they can't see their people. And so that is another very simple way to stand out is, you know, putting the camera on, speaking up, looking engaged, adding to the conversation. They really, really appreciate it. And again, you majorly stand out when you do this because not a lot of people want to do it. And so asking thoughtful questions is really helpful. I'm sure we've all been in those meetings where somebody presenting will something and it's crickets. And so you're almost kind of like saving them in a way by being that person who will engage with them, right? And so this can also like just show your leadership team that you actually care about the company. You care about what's going on at a deeper level, which can, you know, signal that you might be someone worth looking at for leadership. And that that's another thing that I've seen. Show the people around you that you care. That level of care is going to take you really far. And if I were to tell somebody you know, what maybe differentiates me from other people who are in leadership roles, I would definitely say my level of care is what other leaders have recognized in me. And that's why they trust me. And that's why they've given me the responsibility of like managing a team, for instance, because they know that I care enough not to just come and do my job. I care enough to enhance the team and also help the people under me learn and grow. And so 
I think one last one that I wanted to share was just like showing up for company events, even and like lunch and learns. A lot of companies are doing those. And that's that's just another way to show that you're somebody who's going to contribute to the company culture. And again, that's another thing I think that leaders appreciate is people who just feel like part of the fabric of the company. Mm -hmm. Yes, such great things. Great step to start leading a training within your own smaller team, you know, getting more comfortable with that piece. And then maybe, hey, if this goes really well, maybe I can also teach it to some of the other teams, other team members. And again, starting to stand out. And a piece of that isn't only doing that within your sphere, like we talked about. It's how do I make sure that these other leaders are also aware? Because if you have that goal to get promoted and move into these other roles, the best way to do that is for people to know what's going on in your role. And we can't simply, you know, put all of the trust in our direct leader. We hope that they're going to be our best advocates. But that's a great way as you're building those relationships and doing those get to know you sessions. You could say, hey, you know, I recently did a training within my department or within my smaller team about this. Is this something that might be helpful to any of your team members? So again, you're not stepping on toes. You're being aware of kind of some of those potential office politics, but you're saying, hey, this is something I did. And if you're interested in, let's talk with my manager and see how we can get that scheduled. Depending on, you know, sometimes I was in roles where my time was calculated and accounted for every single minute and second. So I had to get certain permissions at certain times. So this isn't saying, oh, I can't do these things because I'm, I have to adhere to a schedule. All leaders, at least in my experience, if you have the desire to grow, get promoted, and you're doing things that are helpful they will make accommodations. They will find ways for you to get approved for working less like on the phones, for example, or chats or emails or whatever it might be because you're helping the organization in a broader sense. I also wrote down, yes, company meetings, either in person, company events. It doesn't mean you have to enjoy doing the thing. You can still be there and and be engaged. Yeah, I've seen people who are have super high anxiety, very introverted, and they've shown up to holiday parties, for example, and they'll tell me, I will show up, I will, you know, say hi to a few people to show that I have a presence there because I know that's important, but I can't stay for very long. And I I respect that because we've had that communication I'm not building this perception. Oh, why did they show up for 10 minutes and leave? You know, they came to me with that vulnerability. I also think, yes, in the virtual meetings, having your camera on and being engaged. I, I think, again, going back to perceptions, if your camera is off and there's no engagement, or if I say your name and you don't come on camera, I'm thinking, where are you? Uh, I've read articles where people say I didn't turn my camera on because I was secretly traveling when I shouldn't have been or, you know, these different things. And it's just the perceptions that we don't want people telling a story that is not actually correct. So for me, I've always been a big proponent of cameras on if it's off again because of other reasons, again, anxiety or other things, then we have those conversations. But I'll be in meetings. I'll try to have my hands visible within the screen so that they can also see I am being focused. I am curious. I'm leaning in. I want to hear more about what you have to say. I'm being engaged. Just being present in meetings by not having distractions is... I will tell you, as leading teams for over 12 years, I always notice when people are being present. And even if you don't add any to the conversation, because maybe you're a little bit more introverted and you don't feel comfortable or confident yet, and I will work with you on the yet part, but uh, I will respect that versus the people who are typing. I remember someone getting in trouble because she was responding to emails. 
and our leader, you know, unfortunately scolded her right in front of everyone. Very clear on his expectations at the beginning of the meeting and something came up. And so it was just, it was not a great look at that time, but I've made those mistakes before. I've been in the meetings where I'm thinking, oh, I've got all these other things to do. So I'll be here, but I'm going to be typing away even if my camera's on. And again, people can read that. People can recognize when you're not paying attention and when you're not being focused. And again, I think that when you can be present in that moment, it it makes the world of a difference for for your leadership. I always say there's no dumb questions except for the questions that are asked right after someone else asked that same question. Yes. Couldn't work paying attention. You were doing right. typing or you were on your phone or you were doing whatever it was. But I've definitely I worked with someone in an office environment where they would open it up to questions and someone would ask something. And then moments later, this other person always I was like, how is it like clockwork that this person would ask the exact same question? And most of us would turn and be like, what? We just were talking about that for the past five minutes. Where are you in, you know, your attention span? So it's interesting to to recognize, you know, the people who are being a little bit more present. And I will reach out to people after meetings either to continue to build connections. So maybe they said something that you thought was really valuable. I'll follow up with them as a way to continue to build connection uh, with them. Hey, I loved your thought on this. Tell me more. Or what got you to this conclusion? Because we kind of differ. It's okay to have differing opinions. How did you get to this point? I'm curious. Uh, I stand over kind of on this realm. So I, I'm curious to learn more about your point of view and where we differ. Are are there any things that we agree on for this particular thing? Yeah. So I think that that is super helpful to be following up with people. And same with people who I built relationships with, even at a the same level of wherever I'm at, I will reach out to people who I recognize are really distracted, whether that's an in-person meeting or a virtual and I, I get curious. I start with that curiosity. Hey, you know, we, we just had that meeting. It looks like you were a little bit distracted. Is everything okay? Or, you know, getting curious about them instead of saying, hey, I noticed you weren't paying attention. Maybe next time you can do better. We've all had those leaders. So it's getting curious. So again, you're still creating connection, but you're also setting that uh, expectation of, hey, I think it would be better. Again, for you, I'm looking out for you that if I can notice that you seem distracted, other leaders might see that you're distracted. And that's a good point to recognize. If I'm feeling so overwhelmed that I have to use my meeting time to do other work and be so distracted because I'm task switching constantly, talk with your leader so that you can start working through what is taking up so much energy for you so that you can be present in those meetings. Yeah, I love what you said about curiosity because the more articles I read on leadership and books, that is one of the number one things that's constantly brought up as far as being a good leader. And I, I've definitely had those moments where a situation didn't go as well as it could have because I didn't come in with curiosity. I came in with judgments and assumptions, you know, and so another way to prepare yourself to be a leader is to start practicing that curiosity, right? And it doesn't always come supernaturally to everybody, right? I think a lot of people will resort a little bit more to the the judgment side of things. I mean, that's hard for me because I'm a what, ESTJ. So judging is literally part of my <laughs> personality. But yeah, I just, I love what you had to say about the curiosity. Yeah, because I think in any case, we're always going to have judgment right from the beginning. It's are we willing and capable to take it a step further to be able to like, I think judgment is a beautiful skill and ability to be able to say, oh, instantly something doesn't feel right here. And instead of stopping right there, why does that like not just, oh, let's get away from it, which again, all right. instinct, it's normal to recognize threats and 
judge that. It's it's normal because if someone doesn't look like us or speak like us, that's different. So we're judging always. We're always judging. But if we take it a step further and say, why? Ask those questions. Get a little bit deeper. If something isn't feeling good, why? What can I ask to get more curious like you're talking about? And how can I figure out how we can move past this to get to a better space versus, yeah, it's easy to judge and go to someone else and be like, did you see that Nicole had her video off the entire meeting? Wow, she must be totally just laying out outside, soaking up some sun rays, right? Like you could totally head your judgment and tell your own story. Whereas maybe I didn't feel very well. And I had already talked to my leader saying, hey, I really don't feel good. And I think I'll be a distraction if I have my camera on. So, you know, wanted to touch base and let you know that that's why I'm going to have my camera off today. Things like that. You know, we don't know all of this story. So great point. Great point. Well, Cecily, this was such a great conversation today. I loved having you on talking through all of these steps. It definitely brings me back to those first, you know, few years as I was transitioning into a leadership role and kind of the ups and downs and struggles and different things that you have to uh, face and go through. And I so appreciate all of the examples that you've shared. And just thanks so much for being on as a guest today. No problem. Thank you so much, Nicole. I really enjoyed everything we spoke about today. I loved that conversation with Cecily. And if you made it through the full interview, I know this one was a little bit longer and I appreciate you for sticking around. I hope that you appreciated all of the details and some of the stories that both of us shared that were very much in alignment with the questions and topics of this interview. And don't forget to head to the show notes to book your leadership assessment call. Like I mentioned, there is a link in there that you can take that quiz and see where you're at on the scale in terms of being ready for that next level of growth in your career. Can't wait to talk to many more of you. And until next time, we'll see you later.